0: Thank you for joining Cornerstone Worship Center's Building a Better Life. For more information about our church and additional resources, please check us out on the web at cwc5.com. Now let's join Pastor Eric Haller for part two of healing. It's God's will for you. Good morning. Good to see all of your lovely faces today. As well as all the rest of you. And uh, so glad you're here with us today. I'm excited to be in church, excited to be at Cornerstone Worship Center, excited what God's doing. Y'all don't forget that February 1st, we'll be starting our services at Scott Johnson Middle School, as the announcement was. But, so we have this Sunday and next Sunday here, and uh, we'll be two miles uh, with, huh? Oh, we have two after this? I'm sorry, two after this. Three Sundays here, yes, including today. And uh, So February 1st, we'll be starting there, and, and when you walk out of Scott Johnson Middle School, anybody been out to the property, raise your hand if you've been out to our property. Oh, man, there's some of you need to get in your car and go out there. Go out there and check it out. Um, but um, it's, it's just north of the water tower out there off of County Road 943, which Wilmoth turns into, Wilmoth Road. You can just go west off of 75 off Wilmoth, and uh, you'll pass by um, Scott, John, uh, Scott Johnson, which runs off of... Uh, community and McKinney North and keep going. Then it dog, dog legs right and goes north. And uh, there's the water tower. And then just north of that is our property. You'll see our sign out there. And and when you walk out of Scott Johnson Elementary, you look west, you see that water tower and where our church is going to be built. Praise God. And, and so here in just the next few months, we're going to be seeing steel start coming up out of that ground. And uh, I'm just excited. We're going to be closer to where, we're, where we are. Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Amen. And so me and Pastor John, anyway, we're talking about this, this series. We're talking about this year. I, I was just talking to Ms. Velma, and she said, 2009, it's miracle time. Praise God. And uh, I, I believe that we're uh, seeing some really big breakthroughs for our church and, and for our, our individual lives. But we are talking about this and how it's so important to set the tone for your year. Uh, now, a lot of people set tone by making resolutions, which they end up breaking in just a short amount of time, but this is more than making a resolution. This is making a resolve in your heart, and I want this, this message, this series of messages throughout the month of January to just bring a resolve in you. Even if you already think you know it and believe it, I want it to take a deep, deeper root in you today, because here's the thing about the enemy and how he works. He is always after the word. The Bible teaches us that he comes to steal the word from us, that tribulations and those kind of situations arise in this world. Persecutions arise for the word's sake. Mark chapter 4 teaches us. So he's out to steal that word because in it is the power of God. See, in the word of God, it's quick and it's powerful, the Bible teaches, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, which tells us that the word of God has an answer, And a part to play in every part of man. Spirit, soul, and body. you hearing me today. So it's important that you get this message deep inside you. Because this year, the devil is, uh, again, going to lie to you like a dog. Just like he did in 2008. Just like he did in 2007. That's what he is. The father of lies. Are you hearing me today? And so, uh, any of you, if you face any kind of sickness or symptoms like that, that's when the devil loves to Pounce. He loves to throw the lies. He loves to accuse. He loves to condemn and make you feel like, for some reason, you've, you've deserved this sickness. Hmm? I was just telling the, the, the devil tells me sometimes when I get sick, if you wouldn't have talked to your wife like that, you wouldn't be in this kind of shape. You wouldn't be throwing up. Well, <laughs> she says that's right, but anyway, it's easy. It's easy to fall into condemnation when you're weak in your body. It's easy, I mean, it, it's, it, you can be an easy prey if, you, if you're living in the natural because the, the circumstances, they come and go. The Bible teaches us that they're, they're subject to change. But the Word of God is forever. Forever, O oh Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. Hallelujah. But listen to me, it's important that you get it settled in your heart, in your mind, and in your mouth, especially concerning this vital subject of healing. It is one of the most important parts of the work, of the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just just like the, the, the paying for your sins was so important. Amen. And we're going to be looking into that over the next couple of weeks. This morning, I'm going to open this up and make a case for healing. Because there's all kinds of ideas. Turn to 3 John 2. The epistle of 3 John 2. Not the Gospel of John. You start maybe in Revelation and work your way back. The last book of the... And you'll come to Jude. And then you'll come to 3 John. It's one small chapter. And uh, as you're turning there, I, people have... Interesting ideas about healing through a lot of people look through the light of the Word of God in light of their circumstances. And I want to just advise you today and, 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 and say to you today, let the Word of God be the greatest authority in your life above what you're feeling or experiencing. I know feelings are very real, I know experiences are very real, but they're not as real as the Word of God. Because everything that we see and know and feel and touch and taste and see, all this stuff came out of what's invisible, it, everything was invisible first. Are you hearing me? So everything in the natural came out of that. So when you're living by faith, you're living in this invisible realm that goes beyond natural causes, natural things. Are you hearing me today? Amen? And so 3 John 2, see, I don't think anybody questions any, any Christian organization, anybody, anybody that would name themselves Christian, whether it's a denomination or a committee or a church or whatever, I don't think anybody would argue the fact that God can heal. I don't think anybody would argue that, that God has in his power the ability to heal. Can I get a good amen this morning? I don't think that's not, I don't think that people have a problem with that. But the question a lot of times arises, is healing for everybody? Is healing specifically for you? Is healing for me? And so that's the question that needs to be answered because there's all kinds of thoughts out there. There's all kinds of, of ideas on it. But I'm, my question today is, what does the scripture say? And this is what we're going to look at today. What does the Bible teach about it? Amen? All right. Third John. Now, now John, John's, a, John's a great guy. John's, how many of you agree that John was a good man? I mean, the, he, was, he was the closest man to the Lord Jesus Christ on the face of this earth. And you know that. He was part of what we call the big three, Peter, James, and John. You know, Jesus had various levels of relationships in this world, but the big three... Got to do special things with him, and John even got to do more special. For instance, the big three got to, Peter, James, and John, got to be at Jairus' daughter's house when Jesus raised her from the dead. He kicked everybody else, even the other nine, wouldn't let him in. Only Peter, James, and John, Jairus, and his his wife, and Jesus were in this room when he raised her from the dead. They got to see this special miracle. They also got to see Jesus transfigured on the mountain. Incredible. And got to see Moses and Elijah. See this glorious experience. And, and, and But John even had a little more special relationship, and that was that he laid his head on the chest of the Lord Jesus, the Bible teaches us. So close. And the relationship was so tight and so special that while Jesus was hanging on that cross, dying for our sins, paying for our redemption, that he handed over the care of his mother to John. Special relationship. And so if anybody's going to know God's attitude and the Lord Jesus Christ's attitude on the subject of healing, it's going to be this guy. Peter's going to be another one. We're going to look at him in just a moment. So I I just want to preference that first before we read this. It says, 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. How many of us have heard that you never know what God's going to do? Anybody ever heard people say that? You just never know. Anybody ever said that? have <laughs> all been guilty of that, I guess. You just never know what God's going to do. You know, so, so, some believe that it's God's will for some to be healed and for some not to be healed. Some believe that God is the God makes people sick uh, to, to teach them something, to teach them a lesson. I've talked to people that believe this. I, I, I have. It's real. It, they really really do confess this kind of thing. And that, that some people say, I'm sick to the glory of God. You ever heard anybody say that? I heard a lady tell me that one time. I said, really? Sick to the glory of God. Now, now is that true? Is it true that God makes people to see, sick to bring glory to Himself? That's the question that we need to answer because that's a popular belief. And if, if you're here today and you believe it's God's will that you're sick to teach you something, listen to me. If you're here today and you believe, open up your hearts and minds to me, that God makes you sick or allows you to be sick to teach you something then you have to believe that when you learn the lesson that He heals you. Let me say that again. If you believe I'm not saying it's what the Bible says I'm saying if you believe that God makes you sick or caused you to be sick uh, uh, to teach you something then you have to believe that once you've learned the lesson you'll get better. And if you are sick to the glory of God, and if it's God's will, then what are you doing going to the doctor? If it's God's purpose, why are you taking the medication to fight His will? I mean, you're going to drag the doctors and the nurses right into your disobedience. Come on, talk to me this morning. People say the craziest thing. And don't even think about it. They just accuse our Heavenly Father of all kinds of stuff. Just because, and a lot of it is because they just don't understand. They don't understand who He is. Because here's the thing, and I'm not picking on any domination out here, but you can kind of guess, you know, out there that they're, that the, people that preach this kind of thing, that it's the sovereign will of God and we're just in His complete control and, and if He chooses to heal you, He will. If He chooses not to, it's for His glory and it's for His divine purpose and, and, and you just need to submit to that. It's these very same people that are building hospitals and putting their names on it to help you get better, to help you process the will of God. Well, preach this, but we're going to take your money while we're preaching it. Oh boy, Okay. You come over and we'll uh, help, help you get better. God picking on you. Like they have some higher standard than God. And the truth is, the truth is, they don't. So we have to look and weigh this out to see what the Scripture says because there's all kinds of man ideas, men's traditions out there, men's teaching, men's doctrine. But what does the Scripture say? Well, here we see that John prays Beloved, I'm not, no, no, I'm not telling you not to go to the doctor. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying don't take medicine. I'm saying if you believe that way, then, then you are fighting it, if, if that's the truth. But the Bible teaches us that every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, James 1.17, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. What does this teach us? That every good and every perfect gift comes down from God. So every good thing that's in your life, praise God, come down from the Father. Isn't that wonderful? Now, now the only perfect gift that's ever come is the Lord Jesus Christ. But God gives us good gifts, and I believe that medicine is a good gift. I believe that the knowledge of medicine is a good gift. Come on, talk to me today. It's a good thing. I'm not telling you not to go to the doctor. I mean, all I'm telling you is to exalt the word above everything else first, to put it first, to put the word of God and make it an active thing that that's the automatic response to whatever sickness or contrary thing in your physical body you might face today. Are you hearing me today that you put the war, exalt the word first before the doctor's opinion, before the medicine cabinet, before all those other things? Those things are good. Those things are fine. They're really pretty much on the same team. it make you better. Amen? But, but we exalt the word first. And I, I believe, like I said, I believe it's a good gift. And, uh, so uh, <clears throat> the truth is, if, even though they might believe this kind of thinking in their minds, something in their heart tells them something different. That no good and no loving and no caring Heavenly Father would want His children sick. I mean, if I had the power to help my child get better from sickness, if I had the medicine in my in my power, and I said this can make you better, but what kind of father would I would I would I be? What kind of father would I be if I said no? I'm not going to give it to you. No, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to help my child get better, even though I've got the, the the source for it. What kind of dad would I be? Kind of, Father, what would you think of me if I had the right kind of medication to help my kid get better? But I, thought, no, I don't know. I don't want them to learn a lesson. They're going to grow closer to me through this process. Hmm? Our Heavenly Father gets accused of this all the time. When we think about it in our terms, we go, God, I'd be a terrible parent if I did that. I pray above all things. That you prosper and be in heaven. How many of you know it's very important to have spiritual prosperity in your life? That's, that is the most important thing. Jesus said, if you abide in me, John 15, 7, and 8, I'll quote here, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. Verse 8 says, in this is my Father glorified that you bear how much fruit? Much fruit. That word is actually the Greek, uh, you can tear it down and it's the word mega. That's big time. Mega fruit. We're called to bear mega fruit. Hmm? to live fruitful lives. But if you're broke, and if you're laid up in a hospital, just how much mega fruit can you bear? And that's why John's prayer is this, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that, 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 that you prosper in your spirit, that you prosper in the natural, your health and your, and your prosperity, that you have that just according to what is going on in the inside of you as to be an example to the thing that has taken place. Because see, it's not, it's not right that you live one thing on the inside and not experience it here in the natural. He wants you living from the inside out that you experience in your health and in your prosperity, just like you've experienced it in your spirit, even as your soul prospers. Amen. How many of you know that you could be a little more fruitful, actually probably a lot more fruitful if you've got a little money in your pocket and you're feeling good? Hmm? Because the thing that sickness does is it turns everything towards you. I don't know about you, but I I try my best not to, but I turn into a pretty big wimp when I get sick. And so I have to fight that, you know, especially when Heather's there at the house, you know, and I have to, honey, I feel so good, can you go get me some soup? You know, it's easy to pamper it. It's something because you, you, you become all about yourself. And then how effective are you? Are you hearing me? Think with me now. All Scripture is inspired by God. Does anybody here have a problem with that? That Scripture is inspired by God? Let's look through some Scripture. Are you all with me? Buckle up. Let's go. John 14. John 14. I want you to look at this. We're going to go through several Scripture here. Several Scriptures. John 14, verse 25, the Gospel of John, that is. The Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Gospel of John says, these things, this is Jesus talking, your Bible, if it has red, it's in red, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you, how many things, all things, and bring to you remembrance all things that, what, that I said to you. So who's the Holy Spirit repeating? Who's the, who's the Holy Spirit talking, talking after, who's, who tells the Holy Spirit what to say? Come on, say it loud. Yeah, that Jesus, he said, he's going to tell you all things that I said. He's going to bring all things to remember that I've said, right? Okay, I just, wanted, I just wanted you to see that. Think about this for just a second. I mean, how many of you know it would have been a really good prayer for, for John to say, I pray above all things that you have wisdom? That would have been a good prayer. Or I pray above all things that you, that you walk worthy of the calling on your life. Or I pray above all things that you are established in your walk with God or that you have the knowledge of God. Those are all good prayers. And, and, and actually, throughout the Scripture, we see those prayers. But here he says, I pray above all things that you prosper, and be in health even as your soul prosper. Turn over to John 16, two chapters over, and we'll look at verse 13. John 16:13, and it says, "However, this is Jesus again talking concerning the Holy Spirit. However, when he, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into how much truth, all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, oh, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come." Who is he here and speak? Jesus, right? He will glorify me. For he will take of mine, this is Jesus talking, and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit is going to take of Jesus and what Jesus has said and declare it to us. Are you hearing me? All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Oh, boy, this is good. Now go back to 14. Go back to 14. This is beautiful. John 14, and look at verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long? and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen who? The Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. So here we see that the Holy Spirit doesn't speak on his own authority, but what Jesus tells him. And then Jesus said, I don't speak on my authority. Mm-hmm. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Listen to this. The Bible teaches us that by the mouths of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. So God speaks, the Father. He tells the Son. The Son takes that and He speaks and He tells the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit tells you and me. And by the time He gets all the way through the Godhead, it's completely established because there are three in one. The Father tells the Son, the, spi- the Son tells the Spirit, the Spirit tells me. Praise God. Did I say that? The Father tells the Son, the Son tells the Spirit, and the Spirit tells me. Amen. Praise God. That's how it works. And it's a, by the time it falls on your ears, it's established. And then all you have to do then is come into agreement with it, say it with your mouth, and it's established in you. hmm So we're asking the question today, is healing for all, is healing for, is it God's will for you to be healed? Turn over to Acts chapter 10 as we continue to look what the scripture says here. Is this helping you? It's helping me. It's helping me. Acts chapter 10, I'll just give you a little background on this. Peter showed up here at Cornelius' house. Now, it was was not right. By the law for Peter to show up at Cornelius' house because Cornelius was a Gentile or what they like to call dogs. (laughs) Jews like to call them pagan, heathen dogs. They didn't associate with them. And up to this point, no Gentile had been saved. Even in the book of Acts chapter 2, only Jews got saved that day. And the revelation still hadn't hit them that it was going to all the world until Peter sat up on the house at Simon the Tanner's, sat up on the roof waiting for him to fix dinner, and this sheet came down. Y'all remember this? The, great, the, the, sheet he, the Bible says he fell into a trance, and the sheet came down, and on that sheet was every kind of four-footed beast and every creeping thing. And the Lord told him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And then Peter, so spiritual a man he was, he said, not so, Lord. Now, <laughs> I don't know who has the gall to say something like that. <laughs> He hears it audibly and says, not so, Lord. Here, here's why. Because Peter's so steeped in tradition and, and, and only knows what, Lord, I've never done that before. That doesn't make any sense to me. My tradition, see, come on. What I've learned in the past. God's shaking his world up here. He says, "Rise, Peter, kill him. He said, don't call, he said, Peter, don't call unclean and common what, I've, what I have cleansed already. And he had to give him this vision three times. Finally, these three, these three men come from Cornelius' house because... Cornelius had been visited by an angel. He was, trying to fi- he was trying to get to God as best as he knew how as a pagan. I mean, he was praying all the time. He was a devout man, the Bible teaches us. He gave alms to the poor, but he just wasn't saved yet. Hallelujah. But that, all that got God's attention. So an angel came and visited and said, send for Peter. Okay, so these guys show up in Joppa to get Peter. All right, and Peter grabs a few of his Jewish buddies so he don't feel so alone in this gentile world and uh, they show up at cornelius's house okay now listen to this this will set you free if you'll let this sink deep in your heart he gets into in he, on his way there as he's as he's walking into the house he smells fried bacon from breakfast that morning and that jewish nose just turns up but something on the inside of him says man would it'd be nice to have a piece of that bacon sometime you know but uh it, that's not really in the scripture i'm just kidding I, it's just that's how i feel when i smell bacon though it smells good verse 34 then peter opened his mouth and said listen to this in truth you know you got to underline these next few words in your bible i perceive that god shows no partiality listen i perceive in truth i perceive one version says that god is no respecter of persons we are we're respecters of people. And so we, a lot of times we think of God that he's us, except he's better than us, you know. But he's no respecter of persons. We are, I mean, I, I love every one of you here in this room today. Don't even know all of you, but I still love you. But I don't love you like I love my wife and my children. And I wouldn't expect you. Now, y'all come back to church, all right? That don't, don't get offended by that. And I wouldn't expect you to love me like you want, love your family. So on, 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 level, on certain levels, we are respecters of persons, but God is not. God is not. I mean, because if, if you begin to think that way, then you would think that, you know, well, God would answer Pastor John's prayer before he'd answer my prayer. I mean, he's so close to God. He's walked to God for what, all these years. I mean, surely. I mean, he's got like a direct hotline, you know, direct line to God, just like that. I mean, as soon as he speaks, God says, yep, well, there it is. You know, I, I mean, I haven't done anything like that. Billy Graham, I mean, gosh, there, there's no way. Ladies and gentlemen, the very, the very same, he looks at you through the very same blood as he does Pastor John Holler. He looks through the very same blood as he does Dr. Billy Graham. He looks at you through the same blood because it was about what he did, not about what you did. Praise God. It was about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God at that point shows no partiality. Everyone is equal in his eyes. He doesn't think that way. He's no respecter of persons. Let's continue to read Acts 10, verse 35. But in every nation, whoever fears him, and works righteousness is accepted by him, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. He did, went about doing what? What Jesus go about doing? Good. And healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God was with him, healing all that were oppressed by the devil. I see opposition here between God and the devil in this text. Peter's teaching us by revelation of the Holy Spirit that the sickness that was on all those people came by influence of Satan himself. And don't you know, we, we, we wouldn't be experiencing any of the kind of stuff we, we, in sickness and disease today if Adam and Eve had never sinned. There would be no cancer. There'd be no heart disease. There'd be no. There'd be no such thing as allergies. It just wouldn't. It just wouldn't be if it happened. So we know that all of that came in the world by the influence of sin and by Satan himself. Yeah, a friend of mine uh, a few years ago said that. He was sitting at, at, at dinner with a, a buddy of his, and uh, his buddy said, "After this dinner, after this lunch, I'm going to go to the hospital because my uncle, I'm going to go visit my uncle who's there. He has bone cancer, and it's bad. It's all in his bones, and uh, and so anyway, so my pastor friend said, "Well, man, I'm so sorry about that." He goes, "Let's let, let me pray with you." He said, "Oh no, 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 no. This is God. This is no. We don't need to pray for. It. Let me tell you something. What's happened to my uncle? Because he was so far away from God, he was so far away, I mean, he was." But but when he got cancer and he's laid up in that hospital, man, he's closer to God today than he's ever been. I mean, he found Jesus. And, 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 and this is a good thing. God did this. And so they, they, they paid their bill and, and they went out to the parking lot. My And my, my, my friend, he just couldn't let it go. He said, uh, he said, do you really believe that God gave your uncle bone cancer to, to make, to, for him to get closer to him? He said, absolutely. He said, do you want to be closer to God? He said, Yeah. He said, Well come here, I won't lay hands on you, and I'm gonna pronounce bone cancer over you. So that you can be he- so that you can be close to God too. And the man said, No, get away from me. He said, Oh, oh, I see. Oh, I see. It's okay for your uncle. But it's not okay for you, you hypocrite. It's okay for your uncle. Come on now. How many of you read the four gospels? How I many if you read the four Gospels, needless to say, that man, I, he said he literally jumped in his car and peeled out of the parking lot, like, scared to death of him. And, <laughs> come on, raise your hand real if you read the four Gospels. Praise God. Now, some of you here that didn't put your hand up, there's no condemnation, just make it your New Year's resolution to read them this year. Praise God, they'll change your life. Got some reading to do. Amen. And if you've read them, read them again. I've read them. read them many times. And, it's, and, and we see that Jesus prayed for literally thousands of people, touched thousands of people in just this three-year minister span of ministry from age 30 to age 33. And, and, and so if, 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 if God is, 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 is causing some people to be sick to his glory, if, if he's doing it, and if he's at work to, you know, he's got his divine sovereign will at work, and, and, and teaching some people i mean I, I read about the 12 apostles and you can read about them in the gospels and i love these men and i respect them i mean their names are on the 12 foundations of heaven mine is not <laughs> yours is not so i've got a, a great appreciation for them but but you read throughout there that they're really not the most astute guys around i mean we saw peter and philip after seeing all that jesus did he said show us the father and it is sufficient and jesus said I think he wanted to say bonehead, but it's not in the text. I think he was thinking, he said, man, how long have I been with you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hello, Philip, wake up. Peter showed, they they get on the Mount of Transfiguration, (laughs) and Peter don't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. He said, let's build churches. One for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus. Won't that be great? I got the answer. And God had to interrupt him and say, bonehead. No, he didn't say bonehead to him. He said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Which means shut up, Peter. Amen. Then there was a time that Jesus said, "Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees," and they went, "Man, we forgot the bread." They thought Jesus was mad at him because he, you didn't stop by a store and get that loaf of bread. I mean, they're just not the most aware guys around. I mean, if you're if if <laughs> if, if God, in His divine, sovereign will is causing sickness for some people for his glory, and some are being oppressed. And in all those thousands of people, ladies and gentlemen, we'd have to see it recorded somewhere. The disciples are going through the crowd going, no, 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 you're sick for the glory of God. You get over here. And no, you're oppressed by the devil. You get over here in the healing line. No, 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 God's teaching you something. You hang on to that leprosy for a while, and we'll walk, you'll get through this. We don't see that in the scriptures. Is this too simple? Is this too easy? Hallelujah. Huh? (laughs) And and God can't give what he doesn't have. Are you hearing me? And if I told Brandon Marshall, I said, Brandon, after the church today, man, I'm gonna take you out to the Collin County Regional Airport and I'm gonna hand over my private jet to you. And right now he's thinking, When did you get a private jet? (laughs) And I don't have one. And so he would laugh and say, that's funny, you know. I appreciate that. But if I, but if I, if I, if I reached in my pocket and I said, Brandon, I'm going to give $20 to you. Ladies and gentlemen, he can expect that because he knows I have it. You You can have this. I'm going to get it, buddy. He can expect to receive that. You see, you can expect to receive, listen to me, you can expect to receive what God has and not expect to receive what God doesn't have. Amen? He doesn't own cancer. He doesn't own sickness. He doesn't own disease. I hope not because heaven's going to be a real letdown. We get there and we still have to struggle with the same stuff up there. That ain't going to be any fun. You know, but it's not there. The truth is, God that's where God is. That's where his will is being accomplished one hundred percent. Are you hearing me today? And Jesus gave us the audacity, listen to me, he gave us the audacity to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that's just not something nice to say. He didn't give us words to say so we we could pray that and go, Well, I wish that was true. No, no. No, instead people put that in a plaque on their wall and say, That's the Lord's prayer. So sacred so wonderful there's no meaning in my life no 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 he's teaching you how to pray have the audacity have the faith to believe that you can live like heaven on earth anybody anybody believe what Jesus said out there today mm-hmm. God only has healing to give whoo see this that, but that kind of thinking like I said earlier just comes from people putting the Bible reading the Bible in light of their experience And God and the devil are not on the same team. The thief comes not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. I came, Jesus said, that you might have life in that more abundantly. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not the same thing. <laughs> Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Yeah. You must exalt the word above all your experiences. Turn to the book of Matthew. Y'all stay with me now. We're going to see something real powerful here, okay? Stay engaged. Is healing for all? Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing, what? All kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Whew, thank you, Lord Jesus. Among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. In context, he healed them all. He healed every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. So there is no sickness and there is no disease, no ailment that God does not want you healed of, ladies and gentlemen, from your muscles to your ligaments to your joints to your bones to your skin to your tendons to your brain to your heart to your organs. Come on to your to your sinuses to your respiratory system to your circulatory system to your nervous system what am i leaving out to your veins to your arteries to your blood every part of you are you hearing me your toenails your fingernails your eyeballs your teeth your tongue he wants you healed he healed every kind nothing too small Nothing too great for him. Amen? Matthew chapter 8. Let's keep looking at what the book says. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, In him he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Thank you, Lord. Is, is, Is healing for all? Matthew chapter 12. Verse 15, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed him and he healed them, say it loud, all, oh, Matthew chapter 14. We haven't seen him stop and, and, and give us a lesson on why God makes people uh, sick to, to, for his glory, right? We haven't seen any of that. What, what did he do? He healed how many of them? How many? Matthew 14. Let's keep going. Did Jesus, did he accomplish the will of his Father in this world or What? Fourteen, fourteen. and when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Now go over to 34. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret, and when the, man of that, when the men of that place recognized him, listen to this, they sent out into all the surrounding region. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't just a town, this is a region. That's a lot of people. They sent out to all the region, brought to him all who were sick. So every sick person in that whole region. Huh? Let's just imagine Collin County, all right? This region of McKinney and Plano and Allen and whatever else is in here. There's there's just a a lot of people, amen? Imagine every sick person in this area, all right? And begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. Man, when did this happen before? When have we heard this story? Man, a testimony of a little old lady got out, didn't it? Little old lady who has had an issue of blood, she said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And she did it, and she was, and she started telling everybody about it. And that news got to this region, and so they said, hey, if it's good enough for her, it's good enough for me. And they just said, if we just touch the hem of his garment, and look, listen to this, and as, and as many as touched it were made perfectly well. Perfectly well. Your father is not a child abuser, ladies and gentlemen. He is a loving, caring heavenly father who loves you and he wants you to be well are you hearing me today now i don't have time to go into these luke chapter 4 verse 40 you might just jot it down luke 4 40 luke 6 17 through 19 you can read on your own time but we've got to go to hebrews chapter 8 for just a moment hebrews chapter 8 if i'm going too fast for you just get the cd okay hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 what does the scripture say what have we learned so far Pretty overwhelming, isn't it? Verse 6, Hebrews 8, 6. But now he has obtained, that is Jesus, a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a what? A better covenant, which was established on what? Better promises. So all the people, ladies and gentlemen, that came to Jesus, all the people that came to Jesus, and received their healing, which we see he healed them all, various kinds of sickness and various kinds of diseases, healed all of them. they were all under the old covenant. every last one of them, all under the old covenant. Jesus hadn't died yet, and under the old covenant, it was God's will to heal all of them. But today, you have received a better covenant established on better promises. And if you can't get healed in the new, all, all can't get healed in the new, new covenant. Well, I say let's go back to the old where everybody gets healed. But that's just not the case. If you can get healed in the old covenant, if healings for all in the old covenant, then it must be more true in the new covenant where you live today. Well, you ought to give God praise real big right there. So, is healing for all? I say without question, yes. That's all I see in the Scriptures here. If it's, if it's not true, turn to Isaiah 53 and we'll close with this. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 53. Are you learning something today? Boy, oh, I hope this is encouraging you and blessing you, building your faith today. I want you so convinced of your healing that you won't stop at anything but that. That you won't quit fighting, that you won't give up, that you'll hold on. You'll keep confessing in the face of all that junk, in the face of every symptom that you face. I don't care how dark it is. Listen to me. Light is greater than darkness. Are you hearing me? Jesus said, light be in all the darkness, went, ah, and ran off. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Surely, surely He has borne. Surely, He has borne. Did you hear that? Surely, He has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we esteemed Him, stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded, but He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes... We are healed. Everyone here, I believe, would agree that Jesus was wounded. And I believe everybody in the Christian world who claims to be a Christian and knows what it means would, would, would agree that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and that he was bruised for our iniquities. I don't think anybody has a problem believing that. But they've got to believe the 5B. As they're going to believe 5A. Amen? And by his stripes we are healed. See, when that Roman soldier stepped back and he, he laid that cat of nine tails across the back of our Lord and Savior, the darling of heaven's back, he did it with such purpose and such precision. He was well trained with that cat of nine tails. Anybody see the movie? Hmm? Well trained. and Jesus' back was completely exposed, like this. He was tied down, where all he had was back to hit. And they were trained in such a way as to come down upon that back with that with that whip, and which in that le- in those leather straps had all kinds of various sharp objects of all kinds of things, like bone and. And and uh, and maybe some metal objects and all, all kind rock and, and and they would take that and they would bring it down on the back and when it would go down on the back he would turn his wrist and to tighten it down into the back and then rip up and when he did that strips of flesh would come flying off of his back and blood would begin to pour out. It was horrific. And they didn't just give him thirty nine stripes according to the Jewish law. These were Romans beating him. And they beat him within an inch of his life. Many men didn't even survive the cat o' nine tails. They didn't survive the whipping post. God thought that was enough for you. That satisfied. That satisfied God the Father. That He bore. He bore. The Bible teaches us that it pleased the Father to bruise him later on in chapter fifty-three. It pleased him to bruise it, So that not only your sins could be forgiven, but you could live in health and wholeness all the days of your life. I mean, if if, if God was going to, I mean, think about this for just a moment. Let's just put some thinking on this. If God told Jesus, Son, I have a plan for you. And that plan is for you to take stripes for people's healing. But I have a sovereign will. And so there are times... When I'm just going to go ahead and make people sick anyway. And I'm going to teach them lessons through sickness. Even though you bore stripes for their healing, I'm God and I can do whatever I want to. So all I'm saying, son, is I'm leaving it up to you. What do you want to do? I believe Jesus would probably say something like, I'll pass. I mean, if you're going to do whatever you want to do, the crown of thorns and the nails in my hands and my feet and the spear in my side, are you hearing me today? And the mockery and the beating and the trial, that's going to be hard enough as it is. And if you're going to do what you want to anyway, if, it does, if it's really not going to make all that much difference, I believe I'll pass on the whipping post. But ladies and gentlemen, he bore your sickness. He carried your pain. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. And by his stripes, you are healed. Peter says in First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, says we were healed by his stripes. Dr. Fred Price says it like this, If you were, then you am, and if you am, then you is. Hallelujah. If you were healed, then you am healed, and if you am healed, you is healed. Yes! Yes! I mean, do you really have to physically go up to heaven and have Jesus turn around, lift up his robe and show you the scars on his back? Or can you just believe it by faith today, receive the word of God and say, you know what, if he purchased it from me, I have a right to it. Just like if I went to a store and I bought a shirt and I walked up to the counter and I paid money for the item, I have every right and I'm not ludicrous and I'm not arrogant and I don't have hyper faith if I walk out with that item. I purchased it. It's mine. Are you hearing me? You're not out of your mind, and you're not arrogant to think that you can have what Jesus paid for. Hallelujah. It's yours. So don't stop at circumstances. Don't stop at tradition. Don't stop at other men's doctrine. You stay with the Word of God. Let that thing be established in you, no matter what you see, taste, touch, hear, or see, pray, or feel, whatever. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't let your senses talk you out of it. You believe it by faith today that it is yours and you have a right to it. You don't have a right to sickness if you're a child of God today. You don't have a right to disease. You don't have a right to those allergies. You don't have to take them. You don't have to just cope with them. I don't know, some of you out there, I mean, you just had to just deal. You've said, you just kind of dealt with it. You don't have to deal with it. You don't have to take it. Be aggressive. Fight that thing. Don't give in to that. Keep fighting I don't care if the symptom goes on for you. I, I'm still believing God for my healing and my eyes to, 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 to manifest. I've been believing since I was a kid. And I'm still wearing glasses. So far, so far, but I'm still convinced of his word. I'm still convinced of his promise that any minute the healing can manifest. Are you hearing me? And I've seen improve, improvement over the years, actual improvement. The doctor actually told me this, eye would actually go lazy because it was in such bad shape when I was a kid, it would go lazy and, and, and might not even be able to use it after a while. I'm using it praise God It just chose to believe what God said come on you believe this or not all right all right I said I was closing with Isaiah but I lied right through my teeth let's look at mark right quick I will <laughs> I'm sorry I forgot about this one but I can't I can't let you go without seeing this It's only 1130 anyway Oh, by the way, just on the subject, uh, uh, this is really good. You know, he says, "I, I w- pray above all that you prosper and be in health." Second Corinthians eight nine. I want you to just maybe underline this or write this down for a second for you to look at. I'm going to quote it to you. This is a, this is important in the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as much as He paid for your sin, just as much as He paid for your healing. Ladies and gentlemen, look at this. Second Corinthians eight nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though He was rich, He was what? He was yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might become rich. And look, listen to this. And the word rich, I looked it up in the Greek because i I, I, I got to know. I have to know that this isn't talking about spiritual riches. I have to know that because that's what you hear. Well, that's talking about spiritual riches. Then you have to say that Jesus became poor spiritually. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense he became poor spiritually. No, no, no. I looked it up in the Greek and you know what that word means I'll give you all the definitions of it it means to be rich it means to have abundance of outward possessions I didn't write it it's in the book he became poor so that you could become rich oh boy don't let the world talk don't let the, tr- the church talk you out of it Amen. what does the scripture say just leave your life with that with that idea with that thought are you hearing me today what does the scripture say and let everything fall on that. Let everything that you believe fall on that truth. I'm going to believe the book. I don't know about you. Because every time i when I look in here, it, it's like, this is way too good to be true. And I'm half right. It is too good and it's true. It is too good and it's true. You don't find that in this world. I love getting a phone call like, you want a trip to Alaska? Really? Yeah. You want a trip to? You want uh, all expenses paid, the flight and everything. All you have to do—oh, okay. There are strings attached. Okay, I knew it was too good to be true. You got You got to come and watch this timeshare for ninety minutes and uh, hear us talk about this timeshare, and then you gotta, then you gotta prick your finger and bleed all over this piece of paper, and so we can get your DNA. And then, you, and then you, you know, it's just like one thing after another. Forget it. I, I, I know how. I know what a gift is. <laughs> That's not a gift. You one my money. Mark chapter 6. Did y'all find it? I just want to give you a little background here. In chapter 5, Jesus does some extraordinary things. He casts a devil out of a man. Actually, he casts more than one devil out of a man. He casts 600 devils out of a man. In one instance, the Bible says that the demon's name was a Legion. A legion of men in an army was 600, at least. It was 600, sometimes more than that. It could be up, upwards to 1,000 men. So we don't know exactly how many. I'm just telling you, that's a lot of demons. huh? And we just with one word, Jesus cast them out. All right. He cast out six hundred devils, and then later on in the chapter, Jairus shows up and, and asks him to come heal his daughter who's sick. You remember? And on the way there, on the way there, the the little old lady with the issue of blood interrupts him. She touches him of his garment. He she gets uh, he, uh, healed. And then, uh, and then while that happens, he, word comes from his house. Jairus, don't bother the Lord. Your daughter's dead. And Jesus turns to Jairus. He says, Hey, 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 hey! Only believe. Only believe. Do, right now is not the time to doubt. Just because it got darker. Just because the situation got worse, come on, talk to me. Just because does it, thats not—that doesn't give you—that doesn't give you an excuse to start doubting. Just because it's still going downhill, are you hearing me today? Just because it's still going downhill, don't 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 stop. Only believe. And so so so, Jairus says, "Okay, I think he did because he went with him, and, and sure enough, he uh, he raised that little girl from the dead." And then chapter six. All this amazing, and all we've seen, evidence of the Lord Jesus Christ, everywhere he went, he went about doing good and healing. How many? All the, well, uh, all the major cases, right? All the, all the Billy Grahams. All the good people. No, he healed all. healed all. Every kind of sickness, every kind of disease. This is what he was known for. Every time Jesus showed up, everybody got blessed. Everybody got healed. All the dead came back to life, and everybody that was sick got healed. Everybody that had disease got healed. Everybody that was lame, every epi- epileptic, everybody that was having seizures out there in the crowd, they got healed. Paralytics, people people that couldn't feel their body, hallelujah, were healed. It's like, it's like nothing intimidated him. Oh, boy. Then six. Then he went out from there to his hometown, to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogues, and many hearing him were astonished. Listen to this. They were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. Oh, don't quit now. Is this not the carpenter? Hmm. See, all they could see is this natural man. They couldn't see God at work in this man. They refused to see the anointing. They refused to receive from the Spirit of God. All they looked at and saw, those callous hands, said, that's the carp, that's Mary's boy. All of his brothers and sisters are here. Now look at verse 4. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he... Let's look at this. What what verse? Verse 5, Michael. Uh, This is Jesus, right? Capital H. Now he... What does this say? Now, he got so mad that they were offended at him, the Bible teaches. They were offended at him, in verse 3. Now, he refused to heal them. Is that what that says? Now, he he was so mad. Does that say that? What does that say? He could do no matter. Jesus, the Son of God, couldn't do something? I'm not saying that's what the Bible says. He could do no mighty works there except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And then look at the next verse. And he marveled because of what? Their unbelief. And every time there's an atmosphere of unbelief, the Spirit of God is rendered powerless to do it. It says he couldn't. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't ever want any kind of tradition. I don't ever want any kind of preconceived notion any mindset, any man self-made religion to ever keep me from allowing the power and the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit who wants to work in my life. I don't want any of that in the way. Am I talking to the, to the right crowd today? Amen. Amen. That we just say, you know what? I believe it. If Jesus, the God-filled man, is here and He's present to heal and He did what He said He was going to do and God, it was good enough for the Father, praise God, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for me could do no mighty miracles because of their unbelief. Oh, is there anything more powerful than the Word of God? Is there anything more powerful than the Word of God? I used to think no. Until I read when Jesus said, your traditions make the Word of God of none effect. The traditions of men stop the Word of God from working dead in its tracks. Jesus said that. The traditions of men. There are people that go into church, week in and week out, they hear the word preached to them over and over and over and over again, but they don't see it as a moment. They don't see it as a visitation from God that God is here talking to them. And so they just let the word come in one ear and out the other. And they refuse to sit and listen with faith in their hearts and open up their lives to receive that this is a moment for me. This is an answer for me right here, right now, Sunday morning, January the what is it, the 11th? 2009, right now, is a visitation from God for me. At this moment, the anointing is flowing in this place. At this moment, the Spirit of God is at work. Who is, who is dealing with something right here? I want you to just raise your hand. If you've got a physical ailment right now, you're dealing with, just raise your hand right now. Raise it real high. Raise it real high. Anybody here? All right, I want you to stand up where you're at. Just stand, stand up. Listen, we have heard, you've heard the word preached today, but I believe in the demonstration of the word working today. And I believe the word of God that says he sent his word and healed you and delivered you from all your destruction. The word of God also teaches, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Psalm 103, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction. Are you hearing me today? And the word of God teaches us that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that has risen up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Yeah. Yeah. He healed them all. He bore your sickness. He carried your pain. And by His stripes, you are healed. Raise your hands right now. Father, I thank you right now for the power and the anointing flowing into these bodies right now in Jesus' name. The healing power of God be made manifest to invade their bodies, every tissue, every cell, and every fiber of their being to operate at peak proficiency according to its created purpose. God, it is your will. You laid those stripes on your back, sealing and showing and telling us today and establishing it forever and those scars upon that man who's seated at the right hand of the throne of God right now, mediating for the healing today for this better covenant established on better promises in Jesus name word of God go forth in power and might in Jesus name healing power flow and we thank you for it now we believe you for it now because Lord you said it and we accept it we receive it we speak it and we declare it in Jesus mighty name do you believe that today hallelujah in Jesus name He bore. Surely he bore. Surely he bore. Every time you feel a symptom, every time you feel something trying to attack, you you just say, surely he bore it. He carried it. He bore it. He carried it. I don't have to. (laughs) Let's stand together.